The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to MLB DFS Quick Hits, your Monday, July 17th edition. Hope everybody had a good weekend. We have a 12-game slate to break down for you on this Monday. And boy, oh boy, I know I talk about a lot how bad pitching is and how you got to take gambles and this and that. Tonight is that night. It might be worth just paying down and saying, you know what, we got Coors in play. We got Astros versus home run pro Miranda in Houston. Um, we got Texas versus Tillman, tons and tons and tons of hitting options tonight, which is good on a Coors slate because you can try to fade Coors with almost Coors-like options. At the same time, it's sometimes hard to fade Coors and win, so makes life real interesting this evening. Very interesting on Monday night, 12-game slate. Quick look at the weather. We've been lucky lately. Hopefully it keeps going that direction. Um Quick scan through the weather, always subject to change. Blue Jays, Red Sox, wind blowing out to left center field in that one. We had a heat wave over the weekend on the East Coast. Uh, looks like it's cooling down a little bit, but still mid-80s by uh, starts of games. Um, New York, Minnesota, the the heat wave we've experienced here on the West Coast that's finishing up hopefully today. It's hitting the Midwest as Minnesota and the Yankees, game time temp, first pitch is around 90 and it'll be mid-80s throughout the whole game. So the, a lot warmer environment in Minnesota in that one with two very hittable pitchers throwing there. Very hot in Kansas City between the Tigers and the Royals with humidity in play. So the ball, sh- good hitting environment in Kansas City. Wind blowing out in Oakland, as always, and wind blowing out in San Francisco, as always. Two things to keep an eye on in those matchups. Let's take a look at those totals of those just disastrous games I mentioned to you. We have, uh, there is one day game we're not going to cover. It's Nationals at Reds, over-unders 9. It's Strasburg versus Feldman. If you're playing the all-day, that's what that's for. Otherwise, no worries. Uh, Brewers-Pirates, 9. Rangers-Orioles. I mentioned we have some Coors-like situations. Rangers at Orioles. Kashner at Tillman. Over-under 11. Yes, please. Phillies-Marlins, 9. Blue Jays-Red Sox, 9.5. Cardinals, Mets, 9. Cubs, Braves, 9.5. 
We're still waiting on that Yankees-Twins one, but it's a, a spot start for Brian Mitchell of the Yankees versus Alberto Mejia. Very good chance we got a nice total on that one. I told you the hitting environment could be sneaky nice. Mariners-Astros 9. Tigers-Royals, another non-Coors game. I told you the weather was very, very hitter-friendly. You got Zimmerman versus Vargas over under 10. Coors, Perdomo versus Marquez is 11. Rays A is 9. Indians, Giants, 8.5. So we have one eight and a half, two, three, four, five nines, two nine and a half, a 10, two 11s, and one to be determined. Yes, yes, yes. Pitching's that bad. So let's dig into it. You have one guy over five digits. His name is Lance McCullers. He's $11,500 against... Um, against the Seattle Mariners in Houston. I am one of the biggest Lance McCullers fans of the planet. But A, this is the highest price tag I can find on him this year. B, it's his fourth start back from the DL. His first start back was against the uh, Mariners in Seattle. We got 26.9 points. But since then, 13-2, minus 0.9 in his last two starts. And the worst part is he's not going deep since his return. Prior to his, his DL stint, he was going six, seven innings easily, getting his strikeouts. Since his return, three, six, eight, those are his K numbers. Four and a third, five and a third, five. So he's not going deep at all. I love Lance McCullers. He makes for an interesting GPP play. I don't know if I'll have any of him tonight for the fact I want bats. I'd rather gamble on some other pitchers, and gamble is a very, very serious term tonight because they are extreme gambles. But the price tags, like I'm saving at least twenty four hundred to my next guy, all the way down to four or five thousand dollars by fading McCullers, which you could use in a lot of bats tonight, boys and girls, lots of them. So McCullers at eleven five, I just I can't do it. I hope as a McCullers fan, I hope he just pitches amazingly. But two things to worry about: Houston could destroy Miranda, and they yank McCullers early to save innings because that's what they're going to do right now. They're gonna. They need him in the playoffs, so we got to keep that in mind. Not saying they won't give him some seven, eight inning starts here and there, but he's gonna have to be really sharp to get those long outings. It's just a price tag I can't go with. Next up, risky play number one: Adam Wainwright, ninety one hundred dollars at the New York Mets. The Mets were on fire over the weekend. Only four runs, I think, on Sunday. But man, did they crush it all weekend long! And that's what they've done a lot of the years, a lot of the season at home. They've hit really, really well at home. And you got Wayno coming into town, who lefties hit very, very well. He's been much better at home than on the road. On the road, 6.9 drafting points compared to 16.3 at home. His last few starts, though, let's go over that. At home at home against the Mets was his last start, 6 and 2 thirds, 5 hits, 1 earned, 7 strikeouts for 28 points. He's got 7, 8, 8. Those are his K numbers in his last three games. His last road starts at the Diamondbacks, which is not a good place to pitch in. Six and a third, eight hits, two earned, one walk, eight Ks, 24.9. Got blown up at Baltimore, at Cincinnati. Those are his uh, prior starts before that. Arizona one on the road. At Colorado, though, another tough pitching environment, 29.4 points. Those are his last four home, uh, road starts, so pick your poison. Mentioned it was a gamble. Another reason why it's a gamble, if you don't want to pay for him, totally get it. Uh, the Mets only strike out 19% of the time. Wayno strikes out about 21%. Not a big swinging strike rate. Decent ground ball rate. But the other caveat is... Where did I see them at? 
They have a team total of 4.59, which is middle of the pack tonight, which is crazy to think that's middle of the pack, but we have a bunch over five. But here's the problem. Righties hit 324, which is not good already, but lefties hit 351. The Mets have a ton of power versus righties, an ISO of 194, which is outstanding, and they have a very lefty-heavy lineup, a lefty-power-heavy lineup. Duda's even coming on. I mentioned him the other day at 3,100. He had a big game. He's had a big weekend. Bruce has been money. Conforto's getting healthy again. You got Cabrera up the middle. Just for starters, if Grandy Man's in the lineup, you got him too. That's what, five lefties? I'm just, I could have counted those, but I'm being lazy, I guess. But that's half their lineup leaks, and they all have power. That's the scary part. They all have power, which A, makes them hard to stack because are they all going to go deep? Probably not. But some of them are. I wouldn't be shocked. But at the same time, Wayno could give up a couple solo shots tonight, still get you six plus Ks and six plus innings. On a night like tonight, that could be big. That's why I'm bringing him up. It's risky, risky, risky. If you want to pay down some more for probably the same risk, I totally get it. But Wayno at 91 is in play. Below him, we're going Jason Vargas at 8800 bucks. Another extremely risky play. I mentioned the hitting environment in Kansas City is going to be outstanding. But going up against the Detroit Tigers, a right-handed heavy team. Let's get a few things out of there. A, he hasn't faced Detroit. B, he's averaging 20.8 points a home start, DraftKings points, compared to 15-6 on the road. Much better at home than on the road. Last home start, 22.2 points against the Twins, who hit lefties very, very well. Uh, prior to that against Toronto, 15 points at home, 7 strong. And he goes deep most starts. He went 5 his last one, went 7-7-6. Seven, seven, Not the biggest strikeout guy. That's a downside, 4-4-2-3 four, four, his last four starts. But even Toronto, a right-handed heavy lineup, 7 innings, 2 earned, 2 Ks, 15 points. I really wanted to mention Toronto as a right-handed heavy lineup to help at least validate the is he saying fantasy theories that help us point in the right direction? Detroit strikes out 20% of the time versus lefties. Not huge. I mentioned Vargas isn't a big strikeout guy. 18.2% K rate. Does have a very low walk rate, very low hard contact rate, which we love. The part I love about this is Detroit, team total 4.7, middle of the pack. Lefties, do, lefties hit 344 versus Vargas. Righties only 265. Massive reverse splits. Now, he got hit around by Seattle on the road his last time out. Seattle is hitting lefties much better of late. So that's something to keep an eye on. Is Vargas going to be this perfect all year? No, we've been saying that forever. It's just he's had a couple of blow-ups lately, but he still has a bunch of good starts in a row, and he's at home, which I really like. The hitting environment with the weather scares me. The Tigers' Woba of 336 and ISO of 201 versus lefties is insane. Those are outstanding numbers. So by no means am I saying run to play Vargas. I'm saying he's an option. These are it's a GPP night. The way the pitching's crazy, it's an option to uh, keep an eye on because uh, the way he's pitching against righties, Detroit, massive right-handed lineup. You got a Vila, but she might easily going to start versus lefties. He might. He's a switch hitter, but uh, you got a Vila, and you got uh, I think Presley's a lefty. If I might be wrong. And Romine's a switch hitter. He's not even in there every day though. They're everyday lineups. Almost all right-handed, if not all right-handed, against lefties. So it's something to really keep an eye on with Vargas. He could make for an intriguing play. Another one I'm looking at here, we got Eduardo Rodriguez of the Boston Red Sox making his return from the DL. He's 8200 bucks at home against the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, he's faced the Blue Jays once this year out of the bullpen, so that doesn't count. Uh, prior to going to the DL, 21.7 points at home compared to 15.9 on the road. 
One thing we love about Erod, big, big strikeout guy. He's really turned it on before he hit the DL. That was something to keep an eye on. Um, the J strike out 21.4% of the time versus lefties. He's striking out 26.3% he faces, almost a 12% swinging strike rate. Low hard contact, but he's a fly ball guy, something to keep an eye on there. Um, when it comes to Toronto, middle of the pack, 4-6-7 team total. Lefties 329, righties 304, reverse splits anybody. And the power you're worried about from the Jays are right-handed. Now, would you should be shocked if Bautista or Donaldson or Smoke who crushes lefties, even Morales, the list goes on and on, goes deep. No. But they are a right-handed heavy lineup, especially against left-handed pitching. Makes for another intriguing play with Eduardo Rodriguez coming off the DL. Went six strong in his last rehab start, six and a third, I believe. Threw like 94 pitches, so he stretched out. He should get you at least 100 pitches in there. As long as he's not walking the world, he should get you five, six, maybe even seven innings with good K upside. And he's 8200 bucks. That's what I'm saying. If you don't want to pay 91 for Wayno, you can take the same gambles farther down the list. And it makes it really intriguing. So Erod at 82 makes for a very sneaky play with upside. All of these plays have massive downside. I can't reiterate that enough. I know it's like a broken record. I would not be shocked if these pitchers all get shelled. But it's better than the other options I've been digging into. And the last one in this range... The term that I hate using in fantasy is safe, but he might be, quote-unquote, the safest. But at the same time, it's Josh Tomlin, so would you really be surprised? No. He's $8,000 at pitcher-friendly AT&T Park against the lowly San Francisco Giants. And it's really big to keep an eye. Lineups might not be out before lock, but Brandon Belt didn't play yesterday because of a sprained wrist he sustained Saturday night. He's one of their best hitters right now, especially against right-handed pitching. That's a big blow if he's not in the lineup, because now you got Posey at first and Hundley catching. Hundley versus Belt, not quite the same. But uh, Tomlin's last start was at home against the Padres. Seven innings, four hits, two earned, six Ks for 25.4 points. Five or more Ks in two of his last three starts. Now the Giants don't strike out a ton, so you got that going against you. But uh, they do strike out 19.5%. Tomlin's not a big K guy, 17.5%. But he barely walks anybody at 2.7%. Ground ball rate's okay, but you got hard contacts, not pretty. Uh, it, it's risky. But the Giants' second lowest total on the board at 416. Lefties 311, righties 362. You got reverse splits here. But as always, Giants' horrific Woba and ISO against right handed pitching. ISO's better. That Woba of 290, dreadful. Lowest on the slate versus their handedness they're starting against. So Tomlin at 8K, I would think he's going to be chalky, and he's definitely worth a look. He's going to be cheap to help you get bats. He's got tremendous upside in that matchup. There's a lot to like about Tomlin, so I would be looking at him. So in this mid-range from 8 game to 9,100, I got Tomlin number one, Erod number two, Wayno number three, Vargas number four. Let's dip down below to our punts where I made a lineup last night with two punts, and I said, you know what? Their upside's tremendous. Their downside's scary as hell, but you know what? I get all the bats in the world, and I'll go to battle with that and hope I get you know 10 to 15 points from these pitchers, hopefully more, because their upside is more than that. And if that's the case, then we are in business. And if not, you know what? We still might minimum cash because I've done that lately. I had a guy with negative points, one of my pitchers. The other guy got like 20-something, but the bats went off. I still minimum cashed. It wasn't huge, but it, you know, saves the day. You move on. But I'm kicking off with Jared Eikhoff, 6,400 at the Miami Marlins. Eikhoff coming off his first start from the DL. It was outstanding. Five innings, no runs. Five hits, eight Ks against the Padres for 27.1 points. 
We know he has struggled at times this year, especially with left-handed bats. 12 average 12.6 points on the road this year. The Marlins, let me see. I just closed this window. Let me open it again real quick. He has not faced Florida this or Miami this year, so I wanted to check. Uh, when it comes to Ikoff, he's facing a Marlins team that strikes out 20.3% of the time. Ikoff strikes at about 20%. You know, average swinging strike, average ground ball, not very high hard contact, which is nice. Facing a Marlins team with a team total of 480. You're getting a little higher up the list now. Lefties hit 357, but righties only 274. That's one big thing with Ikoff. It's always been a big thing with Ikoff. He's great against right-handed bats. Now you're facing a lineup with Yellick, Bohr, who can hit just moonshots. Um, I'm not sure if Prado will be in the lineup. But there's three lefties, if so. Dietrich, maybe. But then you got Stanton Ozuna, who hit everybody, but still the upside's there. Riamuto. It's a scary lineup. It's 6400 bucks with tremendous upside. I will take the Ikoff gamble if needed. Another guy, Brent Suter. Been absolutely outstanding for the Milwaukee in his two, two starts so far at the Yankees. A very good team at their ballpark against left-handed pitching. He went six and a thirds, five hits, two earned five Ks for 16.7 points. And his other start prior to that, six innings, four hits, no earned, eight Ks against a very good Baltimore Orioles team in Milwaukee for 30.5 points. So he's got six plus in both starts. And he's got five and eight Ks. He's sixty-two hundred bucks at Pittsburgh. A much better pitching environment than his home park. Um, the downsides: Pittsburgh strikes out nineteen point eight percent of the time versus lefties, so not a big strikeout rate. Um, Suter doesn't walk many. Great ground ball rate, outstanding hard contact rate. Given most of these numbers as a reliever, we need a bigger sample size for starting pitcher. You know, sustainability. But like I say, he's facing Pittsburgh, middle of the pack, four six four totals. Lefties hit three twenty eight, righties two ninety six. Again, small sample, but the Pirates have a very right handed heavy lineup, especially their thump, especially against left handed pitching. It's another guy to keep an eye on. The Caves might not be there, as you may have noticed this past weekend with the Cardinals. Lance Lynn didn't strike out a bunch. Seamart didn't strike out a bunch. Those are guys that can strike out guys. Suter can strike out guys. So. They do strike out more against lefties and righties, but still less than 20%. It's not ideal. But for 6200 bucks, give me five or six innings of five-plus Ks maybe, hopefully. Limit the damage. Give me 15-plus points. I'm happy as a clam. It's it's dicey because McCutcheon's swinging well. Harrison hits lefties well. But remember, Mercer crushes righties. Not lefties these days. Freeze can hit lefties a bit. you got Cervelli catching. They're all guys there, but the ballpark is a big factor as well. And he's already shut down the Yankees and Baltimore, which... Is great on his side. Now, is the blow-up possible? Yes, he's 6200 bucks. Get over it. He's got the same blow-up potential to me as Wainwright at 9100 That's why the gamble just might be worth it. And the last gamble, you could you could mention Cashner if you hope he doesn't get shelled again, but I am not doing that ever. You could mention Chad Cool. Um, Milwaukee has a lot of lefties in that lineup, and lefties crush Cool, but it's a great ballpark, and that K upside is tremendous. So Cool at 5600 if you want to go that direction, I can understand just for K upside alone. His last few starts, um, we're talking, he's averaging 12.2 his last 10 games. Got hit around a bit by the Cubs. But even his Ks, again, at Chicago, only four. At Philadelphia, he strikes out a lot, only three. Against the Giants, three. And then at St. Louis, six. We're talking 9.8, His last four starts. Something to keep in mind there. Um, and one last part about Mr. Coolidge. 
He's faced the Milwaukee Brewers twice this year. He started two games. In those two games combined, he's only gone eight innings, nine hits, two earned, eight Ks. I believe one of those might have been a rainout. He's averaging 13.4 points against the Brewers. So he's done okay against them this year. Something to keep in mind with Chad Cool. Um, and last but not least, if you're going to punt as well, Tom Kohler, 5,900 at home against Philadelphia. It's terrifying, I know. He's been back on the D, from the DL for two starts. His first one, minus 3.1 at Milwaukee. That happens. But prior to but his last start at St. Louis, five innings, four hits, three earned, three walks, seven Ks for 14.5 points. 5,900 bucks, not bad. It's very dicey facing a uh, Philadelphia team, though, that has a team total of... Where'd they go? Oh, 4.20, the third lowest total on the board. That caught my eye for starters. Lefties do hit 358, righties 327. That's terrifying. We know Philly has thump. A lot of that comes in their ballpark or hitter-friendly ballparks. They only have a 300 Woba, which is barely. If they were 299, they would be below average. They are on the Mason-Dixon line of average with Woba versus right-handed pitching and a 143 ISO, which is just average. So it's not terrifying. It's not ideal. We've seen Kohler get blown up, but Kohler's also been a guy we've seen throw tremendous starts in his career. He was on the DL for a while. First start back was Rocky against Milwaukee. Threw very well his last start. For $5,900, there is upside against a team that strikes out quite a bit. So keep an eye on uh, Kohler. Uh, Philadelphia strikes out almost 24% of the time versus righties. Kohler strikes out about 20%. It's intriguing. It's definitely worth a look at punt at 59 So your four punts, Eikhoff number one, Suter two, Cool three, Kohler four. Mix and match as you please. It's just, it's scary all across the board. I can't say it enough. So up top, you got McCullers. I can't pay 11.5 if you want to. The upside's there. I just can't do it. Next up, I got Tomlin at 8,000, Erod at 82, Wayno at 91, Vargas 88. Um, down below, Eikhoff one at 64, Suter 62, Cool 56, Kohler 59. Um, I'm telling you, if you want to just mix and match some punts or even Erod and below, 8,200 and below, there's six pitchers. If you want to mix and match those, you get all the bats in the world. And honestly, almost all these guys have the same upside to me. It's really weird. I know, like, I'm not thinking, you know, Kohler and Cool and Suter and Eikhoff are going to get you 20 plus. They all can. It's not as likely as some of those guys in the 8K range, but they're just as likely to blow up as those guys in the 8K range. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's why I'm a broken record. So I really want to put that in your heads that it, it, nothing's stable at all tonight. Nothing. It, like a lot of nights there aren't, but this is bad. Like there's no Kluber. There's no Scherzer. There's no Sale. This is bad. So keep that in mind. Let's get to the bats. Catching Gary Sanchez versus a lefty. Minnesota's not hitter friendly, but the weather makes it a little more hitter friendly tonight. Going against Mejia, who is 15th worst on the barrel tip. Another... Stat for your bad pitching, there are zero guys in the last 30 days on the barrel fifth top 25. Zero. Zero. That's how bad it's been. I don't remember a night we've ever done that. We've had like one or two that would, I mean, nights of like one or two guys, period. We have zero. We have four on the bottom 25. You have Miranda number 10 overall. I mentioned gas can home run man Miranda versus Houston. He's getting barreled 7.07% of the time. That is insane. You got Mahia, who I just mentioned, he's 15th, getting barreled 4.76. K rate's up for him, walking a ton still. You got Gossett going tonight against Tampa Bay. Who, who do, what do they like to do? They like to hit home runs. He's getting barreled 6.84% of the time. Yeah, that's not bad. You got some value with them, too. It's going to be nice. 
And then Vargas, who I mentioned, it's scary. The hitting environment's there, but the reverse split, he's getting barreled 4.8% of the time. He's just not striking out a ton of guys. So keep all of that in mind. Back to your catcher, Sanchez, 4,600, loves hitting left. He's not a bad look at all. I'd go down to 4,200 versus Evan Gaddis, though. Gaddis versus Ariel Miranda is definitely in play. Gaddis loves, loves, loves facing his left-handed pitchers. Uh, Miranda, like I mentioned, gives up the long ball. Wilson Contreras has been monies. 4K versus Teheran. We love lefties versus Teheran. The Cubs are definitely in play tonight. Contreras is always in play, especially when they're batting a cleanup. Uh, lefties, righties, I don't care as much. I prefer lefties. He's much better against lefties, in my opinion. We had 16 points again yesterday. He's averaging 9.6 points his last 10 games. He's been crushing the baseball. Posey at 4K if you want to fake Tomlin. Not bad. Salvador Perez versus Jordan Zimmerman at 38 in that environment. Salvi has been amazing this year. Continues to not be one of the high-priced guys, which is kind of funny. Um, when you're looking at Jordan Zimmerman, A, Kansas City has a 5-3-0 total. Lefties, 347. Righties, 367. He's been a career reverse splits guy. So Salvi at 38 could be sneaky. Nice. Uh, Russell Martin versus the lefty Rodriguez. We mentioned Rodriguez has the reverse splits, so keep that in mind. A guy I really like, i go Gaddis, then probably Salvi Perez, maybe some Contreras. But then you go down a little farther, if Wilson Contreras... Robinson Chirinos gets to start for Texas versus Tillman. He's 3,400. Ball should be lively there in Baltimore. Chirinos always has that power upside. And a guy like Tillman, there's definite power upside. Cervelli versus lefty Suter, I mentioned at 33, could be interesting. If Stephen Vogt gets to start, obviously we like Milwaukee in their ballpark. But lefties do hit cool extremely well. Uh, Milwaukee's team total is 436. That's bottom half. Lefties do get 377, though. Righties 301. So lefties just, they have a field day with cool. So vote at 33 could be intriguing. Kurt Suzuki, 33 versus Lester. Suzuki does it lefties well. He's not a big power guy, but the way Lester's pitching, you don't really have to be a big power guy. Wellington Castillo, we prefer him versus lefties and righties, but it is Trashner on the mound at 32, so there's upside there. Um, Tony Walters catching in Colorado at 32, left-handed bat versus Perdomo. Perdomo's a big sinker guy, but he pitches the contact in Coors. Two things you don't want to hear. Um, and the left-handed bat left, you hit him really well. He's 3,200 in Coors. He's got some more. Tyler Flowers versus Lester at 31. If he gets to start over Suzuki is intriguing. Uh, Hector Sanchez of the Potters. If Hedges is still out, Sanchez switch hitting. Catcher batting left-handed. He had a big weekend against his former club, the Giants. A couple three-round homers. He's in Coors for 3000 He's not a great catcher, but it's a discounted catcher in Coors. Andrew Knapp, left-handed bat versus Kohler at 29 for Philadelphia. If you need to punt catcher, Jason Castro versus Mitchell at 2800 bucks. He's going to get going again eventually. That's a good matchup for him. Bruce Maxwell versus Odorizzi at 2800 I'm pretty sure Odorizzi's a reverse splits guy. Yeah, lefty's only 283, righty's 338 versus Odorizzi, so keep that in mind with that situation. If Cervelli doesn't start, we like our guy Elias Diaz for Pittsburgh at 2700 for some value behind the dish. As we keep going down the list, uh, Yadi and Molina's only 2700 versus Wheeler. Wheeler is a mess, and people are going to overlook the St. Louis lineup. Rightfully so, there's much better options. But lefty's 364, righty's 331 versus Wheeler. Wheeler's been bad. So keep an eye on that, especially if you just want a punt catcher and you just want a one-off with a Cardinal. Yachty at 27 is not horrible. Uh, you don't find him that cheap very often. As you go down some more, like Jan Gomes or Roberto Perez, whichever Cleveland catcher is facing Matt Morge, 2,600. Not my ideal play, but he's there. Uh, Sandy Leone, 25 versus Stroman. Boston has a great 
Drake tendency to just crush Strowman. So keep that in mind. Uh, James McCann, our boy James McCann catching versus a lefty Vargas. We know he's been much better against righties than lefties, but McCann 2,400 is a phenomenal punt if you just want one Tiger. If you're not even fading Vargas, you want one Tiger. You could take two value pitchers. If Vargas is your highest guy at 88 and you have one below, you take a catcher at 2,400, you literally will get every bat you want. And as we go down some more, I'm pretty sure that's about it for your catchers. Uh, check the lineups to see who you got. Most of them will be at the bottom of the order, so they better be value. First base, Freeman hits everybody. He's 4,800 versus Lester. My top guy at 4,800 is Anthony Rizzo in SunTrust, where the ball flies out for lefties against Tehran, who gets destroyed by lefties. Cubs team totals 501. It's not even, it's like the seventh down the list. Righties hit 268, lefties 332. Off Mr. Tehran. Mark Reynolds and Coors at 47 is always worth a look. Jesus Aguilar. It would be really nice if they could play this kid every day. He's hitting the ball. Excuse me. Extremely well. Extremely well. Struggled his last couple games. But overall, just so much power upside, especially when he's at home. He's facing Cool, who left these hit well at 4,600. Justin Bohr versus Eikhoff at 45 mentioned. He could easily run into one off of Eikhoff. Ian Desmond playing really, really well. First base outfield eligible, 4,500. Uh, hitting righties and lefties just fine. Running, stealing, doing it all. Desmond at 45 is not bad at all tonight in Coors. Eric Thames, 44 versus Cool is definitely worth a look. Another guy, if I'm not paying for those middle guys, I go Rizzo. My second guy would probably Edwin Encarnacion. I know AT&T is hitter friendly. It's a little warmer, not great. But E5 is facing a lefty in Matt Moore. A, he just crushes left-handed pitching. B, it's Matt frickin' Moore. Um... I'm willing to roll the dice with some Edwin at 44 to save some money up top. Uh, Hanley at 43 is not bad. Will Myers and Coors at 42 is great. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just from watching baseball forever, Myers does really, really well in Coors Field. I know a lot of guys do, but Myers does very well in Coors Field from past knowledge. I keep an eye on that at 4,200. Napoli 41 versus Tillman. I have no problem with anybody versus Tillman. A nap is on fire. I remember I've told you many times, very streaky guy. He went deep yesterday, 17, home, 17 points yesterday, averaging 11.7 points his last 10 games. Nap at 41, sneaky play because most won't look the righty-righty matchup. It's Chris Tillman, everybody. Chris Tillman is not to be scared. Uh, they have the third highest total on the board outside of, we don't have the Minnesota-New York one yet, but they have a 5-4-3 total. Lefties 348, righties 342 off Tillman. Don't be scared of Napoli at 41. He'd probably be my third guy to target after Edwin and Rizzo. Hosmer at 4K versus Zimmerman is definitely worth a look. Remember that hitter's environment with all these other great matchups. People are going to really, really, really overlook Kansas City. Now, Zimmerman's been better the last, like, I'd say month at the most, but still not great. A lot of his points are less than 10 points a game. He's given up runs still. He's not had a, the blowups as often as he did at the beginning, but he still has them. So, Hosmer at 4K... Could be sneaky nice. Uh, go down yonder Alonzo. I remember mentioned reverse splits with Odorizzi. Alonzo at 4K is still not bad. Posey at 4K versus Tomlin is okay. Uh, Trey Mancini has righties really well with Cashner on the mound at 3,900 worth the look. Uh, your next first baseman to really keep an eye on, Logan Morrison is 3,900 bucks below 4K now. Hit an absolute moonshot yesterday. 19 points yesterday, still averaging 10.5 points a game. Going up against Gossett, who I mentioned was the 17th worst on the barrel fifth the last 25 days. Really gives up a lot of hard contact. 
Lomo at 39 is definitely in play tonight. Matt Carpenter, 39, sneaky. He's always sneaky. He just doesn't get you a ton of power. He's got 14 homers. He's at 10 points. Yes, he's averaging 8.3 points a game. Wheeler is a trash can. And uh, lefties hit him very well. So keep him in mind. Matt Holliday versus the lefty Mejia at 38. It's a sneaky, nice play. I like that a lot. Mejia is 15th worst on the barrel FIP. You got Joey Gallo if you want a GPP punt. First base, third base, 38 versus Tillman. Mentioned earlier, Justin Smoke crushes left-handed pitching. Erod has the reverse splits. Keep that in mind because Smoke is a switch hitter, but 3800 bucks is tempting in that matchup. As you go down some more, you skip over a few guys. Mitch Moreland at 36. Yeah, it's okay. Jose Azuna hits lefties very, very well for Pittsburgh. First base outfield eligible, 36 versus Suter. Keep him in mind. Yuli Gurriel, 3,600 versus Miranda. Gurriel averaging 13.5 his last 10 games. I've been mentioning him a lot. Astros' stack is outstanding tonight. Gurriel's only 3,600 to get a part of that stack. It could be stacking where I remember I've told you in the past, take the middle or the bottom half of lineups, or bottom portion of lineups, instead of the top heavy. Because you look at, at Houston, everyone flocks right to the top. Springer, Altuve, Correa. Rightfully so, but they're all over 5K. Go to the bottom, you get Gurriel at 36. You get Bregman at like 4. You can get, you know, maybe Gaddis at 42. You get little pieces of the puzzle down there. All have tremendous upside as well. Chris Davis for Baltimore is back. He's only 3,500 versus the Trashner. That's not bad value. And Lucas Duda is only 35 versus Wayno. Two powerful lefties against guys that get hit hard by lefties. Something to keep in mind down below. Too bad we don't have good pitchers to pay for. As you go down some more, you get below 3K. If you want to go value, you can go like Ryan Healy, first base, third base at 3K. He's been slumping of late. Reverse splits for Soda Rizzi, something to keep in mind. If you want to go there, you can know the power is always there with Mr. Healy. Uh, Luke Voigt versus Wheeler at 28. Lefties and righties both hit him just fine. I don't think you need to punt that low, but if you want to punt there and really load up somewhere, like really, really load up somewhere else, it's an option. Second base, Altuve at 53. Altuve, anytime is great versus lefties, even better. That's a great play at 5,300. Dozier at 47 versus Mitchell is not bad at all. It's a right for lefties versus Dozier, but Dozier's hitting everybody lately. So 47, not bad. You save 600 on Altuve. I'd still try to find that 600 if you're paying this much for second base. If not, go down. No problem. LeMahieu and Coors at 46. Jose Ramirez switch hitting versus Moore at 46 is intriguing. Robinson Cano at 45. I always love Cano, but... With all the options tonight, I'm not going to try to fade McCullers. I get it. If you do, it's super contrarian, but I just, I'll just i take my battles elsewhere most likely. Like the left-handed bat of Ian Happ against Taher on at 4,400. I love that play. That's a great play. Johnny VR is not the best play in the world, but 4,100 versus Cool is not bad at all. Johnny Scope versus Trashner at 4K is definitely worth a look. Rubio Dor, I think this is tremendous value. The guy is raking. He went in with a... Multiple, uh, like a double-digit game hitting streak going into the break. He's averaging 7.5 points his last 10. He's cooled off his last few games. Still tremendous power in Baltimore against Chris Tillman at only 3900 bucks. I like that a lot. A lot, a lot. Josh Harrison for Pittsburgh gets lefties well. He's second base, third base, eligible at 39. Ben Zobrist, he's been leading off lately versus lefties. I love this play as well. He's second base outfield eligible. So if you don't, if you use, say you use Odor at second, use Zobrist in the outfield, still get a ton of bats. He's 3,700 leading off for Tehran, a great piece of that Cubs stack. Zobris gets overlooked a lot. Him leading off in front of the likes of Bryant and Rizzo is outstanding. Uh, you got Whit Merrifield at 36, not bad at all. Pat Valeka, if you start in Coors, he's 36. Brandon Phillips, 
had a big weekend. I loved him the other day against in his lefty matchup. He went deep for us against uh, Corbin. He had 24 points Saturday, 23 points uh, yesterday with three doubles. And he gets Lester, who he struggled of late. Lester can turn it on at any moment. We know that. Phillips hits lefties really well. He's 3,600. Joe Panic 36 is intriguing. Starting Castro at 35. As Drubal Cabrera, second base shortstop at 35. Mentioned him earlier versus Wayno. Brad Miller at 34. Some power upside versus Gossett is not bad at all. You got DeJong with some power at 33 versus Wheeler. I'd probably... It's hit and miss with DeJong. I don't hate him, though. You know that by now. As you go down some more, like Kinsler's 32. Very inconsistent, 32. Uh, Drew Robinson, if you want to punt with Texas. He's probably about an 8th or ninth. He went deep yesterday. Second base outfield eligible. I love my second base punts. Uh, he's twenty or a middle infield punts, I should say. He's twenty six hundred versus Tillman. Nice upside. He's got he's got power speed combo in the minors. A lot to like there. Jed Lowry for Oakland. This price tag is stupid. I know what it is. He's a reverse splits guy, so lefties hit him very well. And Jed Lowry's been slumping, but twenty six hundred bucks is ridiculous. That is extreme upside in that matchup. It's almost as if Chris Archer was supposed to start and they screwed up the pricing. Because 2600 for Lowry is just, it's wrong. I don't care if he goes over, it's wrong. Third base, Arenado at 52, in Coors, outstanding. But if you want to be the other guy at 52 and be contrarian, Chris Bryant, I know it's not a lefty versus Tehran, but it's Chris frickin' Bryant who is on fire and he hits everybody. 26 more points yesterday, averaging 11.8 in his last 10, averaging 9.2 on the season. Facing Tehran in that ballpark at 52, extremely intriguing. I mentioned Freeman earlier. You got Miggy Chanoa at 46, always worth a look. Jose Ramirez, 46. Travis Shaw, not the best environment to hit him, but it is versus Cool at 45. I love me some Mustakis at 44 versus Zimmerman. Always low-owned Royals, people. Something to keep an eye on as a contrarian look. I mean, even some mini stack. Beltre versus Tillman at 41. Beltre has just been crushing the baseball. Loving him, averaging 9.8 points his last 10 games. Donaldson, 39, versus Erod, if you want to go that route. Mention Harrison. Jericho is heating up. Jed Jericho for St. Louis. Hits righties with a ton of power. He's only averaging 7.7 in his last 10 games, but it would not surprise me if he had a good one versus Wheeler. Not my top option. Wouldn't surprise me. Bregman versus Miranda at 39. Very much worth the look for Houston as a different part of the stack. Mention Gallo. Longo, 38. It's not bad. Uh, Dietrich, if he starts, 36. Uh, Johan Camargo switch hit in third baseman for Atlanta. His price tag keeps coming up. People are catching on. Averaging almost eight points a game his last 10. He's 36 versus Lester. Not my top option by any means, but he's worth a look. Eduardo Nunez, price tag's down before he hit the DL. It was high, high, high. Third base outfield eligible. He's 3,600 versus Tomlin. Since his return from the DL, he's one for five, one for three, one for four. Five, seven, five DraftKings points. So he's got a hit in every game. It'll open up eventually. Castellanos, 35, crushing baseballs. A play I really like if you just don't want a full core stack, you just want a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Third base outfield eligible in Coors against Marquez. Corey Spangenberg, 3500 bucks. The left-handed batter Spangenberg in Coors. He had 28 points yesterday, averaging eight points his last 10 games. Um, I've recommended him a lot this year because he's cheap with tremendous upside. 3500 bucks in Coors. You don't find many cheap guys with power like that in Coors. I like that a lot. Third base outfield eligible. As you go down some more, you're probably going to stay up. You got Healy at 3K I mentioned earlier. David Freese is only 2,900 versus Suter. That's sneaky. He does hit lefties well. So keep him in mind. Our boy Lynn from Boston. He's third base shortstop eligible. 28 versus Stroman. He's in play. 
Um, as you go down some more, where's our boy? His price, his price tag went up, didn't it? You son of a bitch. Um, as you go, where's our other guy? I didn't see him either. Must be getting blind or I just went right past him. Where are you at, buddy? Oh, it's because I'm at third base. I'm an idiot. That's why. Okay, let's head to the shortstop position. Correa, 5,300 versus Miranda, always in play. The Correa's year is insane. Uh, and versus a lefty like Miranda, big game from Correa, most likely. Lindor at 4,300 bucks. Switch hitting versus Moore is sneaky good. Sneaky, sneaky good. Uh, it's not the best hitting environment, so a lot of people avoid that kind of stuff. Plus, late night game, Indians, could be intriguing. Moore does pitch better at home, but still, it's Matt freaking Moore. I've watched enough of this as a Giants fan. It's just depressing. Uh, Bogarts at 41, not tremendous, but not bad. Elvis Andrews, 3,900 versus Tillman, I like quite a bit. Another cheaper Padre who's having a big week, averaging 6.9 his last 10, 7 points yesterday. He had 0 on Saturday, but 12 Friday and 12 before that. He's 3,800 bucks in Coors. I'm talking Eric Ibar at shortstop. You can get Spangenberg Ibar as a bottom end of the lineup stack in Coors for 38 and 3,500 respectively. Didi Gregorius, 3,700 bucks, hits lefties with a lot of power in that one. Uh, Jordy Mercer versus Suter at 36. Mentioned Valleca at 36. Adrubal Cabrera is back again at 35. Like that a lot. Freddie Galvis only 35 versus Kohler. Lefties do hit Kohler. Keep that in mind. That's something to look at. Uh, I mentioned DeJong. Crawford is 33 versus Tillman. Marcus Simeon, 32. I know Audrey's got the reverse split, so beware. But 32 for Simeon with some upside. And now we're going to get to our boys. Here they come. you got Swanson at 29 versus Lester is intriguing. Lynn's 28. Mentioned him. Our boy, JT Riddle, 2800 bucks versus Eikhoff. Lefties versus Eikhoff is something we're definitely intrigued with. He's averaging 6.2 points his last 10 games, and he's still below 3K. Our boy, JT frickin' Riddle, folks. And then another one I wanted to mention, Adrianza. I mentioned him a lot as a punt. He's 2700 bucks, averaging 6.8 points his last 10 games. He even went deep yesterday for 17 points. Adrianza is a nice punt option as well. Now let's get to the outfield and wrap this bad boy up. We kick it off with our usual suspects up top. George Springer, 5,600 versus Miranda. Yes, it's it's funny. A lot of these Astros guys are priced equal to, if not more, than some Coors players, like the big Coors guys. Now here he's even with Charlie Blackman at 56, which is tremendous against Perdomo. You got Aaron Judge, 54 versus Mejia. Not bad. Betts, 49 versus Stroman's not bad. Uh, bets. I, I told you, Boston has Stroman's number. Braun, 46 versus Cool. You like the lefties, but it's still not bad. Mentioned earlier, Conforto versus Wainwright at 46 is very intriguing. Very, very intriguing. McCutcheon, 45 versus Suter is worth a look. Bruce, 45 versus Wayno is worth a look. I like those left-handed Mets power bats. As you go down some more, Ian Desmond at 45. Gerardo Parra is swinging it really well since coming back from the break. Averaging 10.2 points his last 10. He had 23 points yesterday. Swinging a good bat. Uh, Parra's 4,500 versus Perdomo. Definitely in play there. Mentioned Thames at 44. Hap I like at 44. Kepler at 43 versus Mitchell's got some nice upside there. Trumbo versus the Trashner, 4,300. Benintendi, 4,300 versus uh, Stroma's not bad. Yellick, a nice left-handed bat versus Eikhoff at 4,300 is worth a look. As you go down some more, you got J.D. Martinez versus Vargas at 41 in that environment. Chris Tillman and Nomar Mazzara, both 41 versus – or Carlos Gomez and Mazzara versus Tillman are both 41. 
probably Mazzara more than Gomez. Gomez seems to hit a lot better at home than on the road, but always power upside versus a guy like Tillman. Mar- Switch hitting Marwin Gonzalez, 4,100 versus Miranda. I like that a lot. Another nice left-handed bat from Chicago from the Cubs. Um, he's swinging it decently since getting back from AAA. Kyle Schwarber averaging 7.1 in his last 10 at 9 points yesterday, 4,100 bucks for Schwarbs in that matchup versus Teheron. It's not bad at all. Sensu two likely leading off for Texas against Tillman at 4K is in play. Corey Dickerson only 4K versus Gossett. I like that quite a bit. Dickerson's even stealing bases, man. This guy is just having a season. A guy that's been heating up and his price tag now shows it. Odubel Herrera. Remember the old days of Odubel, like 2600 He's $4,000 tonight. Averaging 8.4 points his last 10. 12 points yesterday. Lefties are hitting uh, Kohler really well. It's just hard to pay 4K for a guy batting like 7th or 8th. Check the lineup. If he's near the top, it makes more sense. But they're batting him low, but he's very productive. You got Perella and Margot and Coors at 4K. Jason Hayward, another nice left-handed bat. That's low owned for Chicago against Tehran at 4,000. Averaging 7.9 in his last 10. 15 points yesterday. Hayward is definitely like you get a Schwarber Hayward bottom end of Chicago stack. I'm telling you, these bottom end stacks, they're so much fun when they work out. Uh, you got Upton at 39 versus Vargas, not bad. Grossman, 39 versus Mitchell's a nice value play. Jones, Mancini versus Kashner at 39. Malik Smith leading off versus Gossett at 39 is not bad if you're using that angle. Uh, some value as he struggled a bit of late, but the power upside is there. He's only averaging 4.4 his last 10 after that hot, hot streak he was on. So he's slumping. Keep that in mind. But the grandy man, Granderson versus Wayno at 39. A nice below 4K outfielder I like a ton for the New York Yankees, the Ginger Man. I don't even know what his nickname is yet, but he needs like a fire crotch something. Clint Frazier is only 3800 bucks versus the lefty Mejia. He crushed lefties in the minors. We've seen him hit him pretty well in the bigs in a short stint. He's destroyed left-handed pitching before. Very intriguing matchup versus the 15th worst barrel fifth the last 25 days, Adalberto Mejia. Frazier, 3800 bucks. Carlos Beltran switch hit in 38 versus Miranda. A nice Coors play from a Rocky for 3800 bucks. Rymel Tapia, 3800 bucks versus Perdomo. Uh, playing time's been cut back a bit, but he's been very, very productive still when he's been in the lineup. Averaging 7.3 his last 10. His last Colorado homestand really, really tore it up. Let me pull that up if I have it right here. Um, yeah, against the White Sox, 5-10-12. Uh, 0829. So, his last six games stand at home. He had multiple double digit games, 3,800 bucks. Like that quite a bit. Eddie Rosario, power 37 versus Mitchell. You got Jose Batista, 37 versus Erod. It's not horrible. Ben Zobers, I mentioned him earlier, second base outfield eligible at 37. I like Span versus Tomlin at 37. has got some upside. Brandon Moss slowly heating up. He's 36 versus Zimmerman, but he's not on fire. So, don't like run to the hills for him. Seth Smith, the new Baltimore lineup does not have Seth Smith leading off against righties even. So keep that in mind. His value is $3,600 was value when he let off. Batting 7th or 8th, not so much. So keep that in mind with Seth Smith at 36. Mention Ozuna for Pittsburgh at 36, not bad. Dexter Fowler, left-handed bat versus Wheeler at 36 if you want to be contrarian with the Cardinals because they'll be overlooked in this matchup. You got the likes of... Uh, uh, Matt Kemp versus the lefty Lester at 36 is very intriguing. John Jay uh, for the Cubbies at 36, if he's hitting towards the top of that order, is in play. 
Spangenberg again, 3,500 third base outfield eligible is worth a look. Nick Williams, I told you guys, got tremendous power. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. He had a grand slam yesterday, his second homer of the year. He is uh, 3,400 versus Kohler, lefties versus Kohler. As you go down some more, you got the likes of Naquin's back, but he's a lefty versus Morris. Keep that in mind. Kevin Pillar versus Erod at 32 with some upside in that matchup. Daniel Nava, if he's leading off left-handed bat versus Kohler at 32, could be sneaky. Uh, I like a lot Jabari Blash. I know he's right-handed, but he's in Coors versus Marquez. All Blash does is hit with power. Um, five points yesterday, but then he had 21 on Saturday, 14 on Friday since getting called back up to the bigs. He was crushing it in the minors this most recent stand. He started up with them. He struggled, went back to the minors, got things right in the minors. He's looked good in his first few games back. So keep Blash in mind at 32 is a nice value Coors play. Serious value there for Coors. Too bad we don't have good pitching to pay for. As you go down some more, you got the likes of uh, Chris Young at 3K versus Stroman. Jeez, um, uh, it's not that great down here below. But you're not going to need to save a lot of money tonight because remember, folks, pitching sucks. Um... Yeah, I wouldn't even really go down here unless you get real desperate. So, yeah, stay above 3K in the outfield. You'll be just fine. So, there you have it, folks. Locked and loaded. Quick look at your BVP for the day. Um, when you head to your evening games, Bogart's 10 for 20 lifetime versus Stroman with a double and a homer. It's a 500 average. Pedroia, 7 for 15 with four doubles. Um yeah, it's about bet six for 19 with a double. Not really any homers, small samples, but productivity. They do like to hit him a lot. Um, as you go down some more, Beltre, seven for 15, two doubles and a homer versus Tillman. Small samples, small samples, small samples. Napoli, eight for 29 with a homer and a double. It's a 276 clip versus Tillman. Jay Bruce, 295 average, 13 for 44 off Wayne, a much better sample size. Two doubles, three home runs. I like that. Worth a look. Uh, as you go down some more small samples, but like Yellick, 4 for 11 versus Eikhoff. Prado, 5 for 14. Boar's taking him deep, 3 for 6 clip with a homer. Small samples. Small samples. A bigger sample, Nick Marcakis versus Lester. It's only 229 average, but 19 for 83. Brandon Phillips, 8 for 24 with two doubles. Suzuki, 7 for 23 with a homer. Freeman, 5 for 14 with a triple and a homer. All small samples, but productivity to keep a mind on. So you go down some more. George Springer. Here's one for you. It's Ariel Miranda. Put George Springer in your lineup, please. I didn't even look at these last night when I built them, and he's in a bunch of my lineups. He's 4 for 11. I know it's a small sample. 364 average. It's only four hits. All four are for home runs. He has four home runs for Ariel freaking Miranda. I told you Miranda likes to give up home runs. He has four. Correa's taken him deep. Marvin Gonzalez, Beltran, Guriel all have taken him deep. All. Astros, folks. Astros, Astros, Astros. Robbie Cano, 7 for 18. Lifetime versus McCullers with a double. Seegers, 5 for 16 with two doubles. Not big samples, but not bad. As you go down some more, Miggy Cabrera versus Vargas is 6 for 19. Lifetime with four doubles and a homer. Justin Upton is only 3 for 6, but three, two of those three hits are homers. Avila, 5 for 16 with a double and two homers. Kinsler, 19 for 59. That's a good sample. A 322 clip, seven doubles and two homers. Detroit has some decent success against Vargas, so keep that in mind. Very small sample since Perdomo hasn't been around much, but Cargo, 5 for 10 with a double and a homer. Arenado, 3 for 10 with a double and two homers. Blackman, 3 for 10 with a homer. 
all small samples. Again, I hate BVP with small samples, but I just want to bring them up because a lot of you do like it, and it helps some. Last but not least, I loved Edwin Encarnacion. He's 6 for 18 with a double and a homer versus more. So there you have it. There's your bats, your pitching recap. you got McCullers up top in the middle. In this order, Tomlin, Erod, Wayno, Vargas down below. Eikhoff, Suter, Cool, Kohler. Be careful tonight, folks. Be very, very careful. Do not be surprised if stuff gets sour real quick. But the bats are there. When you're looking to stack, you could be contrarian. You know, you got Coors, you got Colorado and San Diego, but Baltimore versus the Trashman. I love Texas versus Tillman. I like that a lot. You get value there. Kansas City versus Zimmerman. We don't have the Yankees in, in Twins totals yet. Kansas City's fourth highest total on the board at 5.3. Keep that in mind, as they are always overlooked. I mentioned Cosmer, Mustakis. You can look elsewhere in that lineup. Salvi Perez. Go to the outfield with some bat. Lots to look at with Merrifield because lefties hit uh, 347, righties 367 off Zimmerman, so it's not a definite split. It, it's pretty darn even. He's bad, period. Astros versus Miranda is easy peasy. That's good. Mention the Padres. Cubs versus Tehran. Cubs are 2 4 seventh down the team total list at 501. Lefties 3 32. Definite value there. Uh, Tigers versus Vargas is interesting. And then the rest of them are all just crapshoots with upside, but pitchers with upside as well. So keep those in mind. But remember, it gets sneaky. Outside of Coors, there's a lot of nice options, which is very nice for once. But I've talked enough. 12 games late tonight. Check us out, thesportsdgens.com, at thesportsdgens. Recording two Bench with Bubba's tonight. One, the British Open preview with myself, DFS Golf Gods as always, and hopefully a special guest, which I am very excited about if things work out right. And then we'll also be recording uh, with Nathan Dawkin from Big Guy Fantasy Sports, Fantastics, Fantrax, the host of the Nasty Cast, Big Game of Thrones, guys. So we're going to talk Game of Thrones Episode 1 plus some fantasy baseball for everybody to enjoy. But more importantly, good luck tonight. Hit me up on Twitter, at BDNTrick, with any of your questions. I will help you the best I can. Should be a fun slate. Some good contests out there. Let's get at it. Good luck. I will catch you guys tomorrow. This was MLB. DFS Quick Hits, your Monday, July 17th edition. I'm out.